everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I have the special privilege of interviewing the youngest IFBB bikini pro, Beatrice. I would like for you to say your last name. I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> My last name is Biscaye. <laughs> okay, that's so beautiful. And so tell our <laughs> listeners where you are from, where you're living right now, and um, kind of what you are up to. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really like doing these things and getting to know more about the the people who does podcast <clears throat> who does podcasts. Um, it, it's amazing. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being on. We're so <laughs> thankful that we get to learn from you today. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, I'm Beatrice Biscaya, as you said uh, before. I'm 19 years old now. Uh, I'm, I think I'm, I am still the youngest bikini pro now. And I turned pro when I was 17. Incredible. So in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I can't and even yeah, imagine knowing about bodybuilding when I was 17. <laughs> Yeah, That's it incredible. was kind of recent for me anyways, because I started competing when I was 16. So, <laughs> wow. but we are always learning. So, yeah. And yeah, yeah going on, um, I'm Portuguese. I'm half Portuguese and half Canadian. Uh, but I was born in Portugal and I live in Portugal. Um, and yeah, that's it. I'm also a, a student at my city's college. And I study uh, language, languages and business relations. Awesome. So, yeah, it's that pretty much. Well, your your English, you're very articulate. So I didn't know if that's, is that? I hope I don't you? make too much mistake, too many mi mistakes. <laughs> no, you're, you're doing very well. So tell okay. us about how a 16-year-old gets um, into the sport. Uh, tell us about how you got introduced to the sport and just kind of, what started that interest? I always practiced um, some sort of uh, physical activity, such as uh, ride, uh, horseback riding and dancing and swimming. Um, but yeah, one day I thought that I needed a change. You know, when I was 15, I was dancing. Um, and after four years or five, I, I thought I, I needed a change. Um, so as my dad, um, also goes to the gym, um, since I, since I know him <laughs> probably, <Yeah. laughs> um, I thought that it would be a good idea. I don't know. So, um, I tried, I, I signed up and I started doing, um, those group classes with my dad. Okay. Then I started, yeah, then I started, um, lifting weights then I stopped the, the classes, the group classes, and only did the weights. And sometimes I'll, uh, two times a day when I was on vacation. So it kind of started being uh, a passion for me. And uh, by, uh, by that time, um, there was one uh, personal trainer there that told me that I, when I uh, was 18, um, I should compete. Wow. So... Uh, so I thought, okay, but I, now I'm 15, so uh, I still have three years to to hang here, hang on here, you know. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, uh, okay, I got the idea, but I didn't think about put it into action, actually. So um, 
then I changed uh, my gym and my coach um, sent me a message on Instagram uh, and told me that he wanted to give me a workout session. And I said, okay, uh, let's do it. So he came to Aveiro, which is my, my city, and he's from Oporto, by the way, uh, which is 40 minutes away by car. Okay. Um, and he came and gave me the workout. Uh, honestly, I didn't enjoy it at all. Neither <laughs> the workout nor the person itself. Oh, so <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, I, I really didn't like it. And he knows that I, I said that um, many times already. And uh, we, now we laugh at it. But uh, on that day, I didn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we still talk. Uh, continued to talk and then we became friends and I tried to um, to diet for a show because he wanted me to compete since the very beginning that's why I, he con contacted me okay. um but the the thing is that the the diet was so uh poor you know I had fish and broccoli in my meal once and I wasn't <laughs> prepared for that at all so I tried it for um, one day and then I stopped uh, by that, that night uh, and ate whatever I wanted. And then I told him, okay, this is not for me. Sorry, I, I even used my parents to, to give him an excuse, you know, because I said that uh, my parents wanted me to focus 100% uh, on my school so, yeah, it wouldn't be possible. Sorry. <laughs> it was kind of that story. Then I tried it again because he was always trying to to make me do the the diet and, and compete, you know. Um, and it happened again. So two days, not in a row, uh, if, I, if I'm not wrong, not in a row. But uh, I tried it again and the same thing happened. So I told him, okay there's no chance I'm doing this. So just uh, eliminate that idea because maybe later, let's see, but now I'm not uh, into doing that, okay? And he told me, okay. Uh, but then after, I would say, two months or something like that, um, he messaged me again. Persistent. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, at all, but I'm glad. Um, and I, I told him, okay, if you really want me to step on stage, you gotta buy me a, sh uh, a pair of shoes, a pair of high heels uh, to, to use them uh, on stage, uh, and then a bikini, because otherwise I won't do that, because I won't spend any money on something I don't know if I'm going to like. Okay. Uh, and he said, okay, so we have another bikini in our team, on our team, actually. Uh, and she gave me her bikini, her first bikini. And he bought me, uh, I mean, I bought the shoes, but he told me to buy them. He found one, a pair that was, um, that were um, cheaper. Um, so yeah, it was kind of that. Um, and then I stepped on stage like four weeks after because... I was that kind of girl that uh, the less carbs I I ate, you know, the better. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was pretty, not that it is a carb thing, but I was pretty lean because I wasn't eating too much. Uh, and I was counting macros, everything. But it wasn't something like, 
uh, with a knowledge base, you know. So I was pretty lean already. Um, and yeah, I stepped on stage four weeks after and I really liked it. I really enjoyed the process uh, and I kept going. <laughs> How did you do with having a four week prep? I know that you kind it of was, said you had uh, a good base, but. Yeah, um, it was, I think, I, I mean, it wasn't too long ago, you know, but I have competed to 22 times, so oh. <laughs> uh, it's kind of long <laughs> for me. But I think I don't think it was bad because I don't have bad memories when I try to go back to that time, you know. Um, probably Caesar, um, my coach, um, adapted some things or some meals, uh, but it was pretty okay, I would say. Okay, so how many so you said you've done 22 competitions how many mm -hmm. um pro qualifiers did you do were they all over in europe for the most part like the amateur olympias or mm. uh, tell us about your pro qualifier experience well i started competing uh before the split um the federation split oh, so did. okay before when it was one only one in 2018 i think mm -hmm. it was one in portugal at least okay. so um in 2018 i competed five times um and then i had to change uh the federation um right. on the next year um and i started competing for my pro card in 2018 yeah, 18. So, uh, no, um, mistake. I was uh, mentioning 2017. And now talking about 2018, I started competing um, in the NPC. So my pro qualifiers uh, began on in that year. Um, but in total, um, the amateur shows that I did were 12. And the NPC amateur shows were seven okay yeah so were all of those pro qualifiers then because i know i know things i've competed at in alicante and i've also competed in uh san marino so yeah me too oh, okay yeah <laughs> it was in spain yeah it, it was in benidorm in alicante yes in spain um mm -hmm. then in portugal we have one so i did that one too um, in Italy, I competed four times that year. Um, wow. And I think it was just there. Yeah, because four times in, in Italy, plus two, plus one. So, yeah, it's okay. that. So when was your first time coming over to the United States? It was after you had earned pro status in Europe then? Uh, sorry, I didn't understand because it was cut. Oh, sorry. Um, so let's talk about what was the competition that you actually earned your pro status uh okay it was in november in italy the um, uh, it was not the kai green classic one was my first pro show but the the show two weeks before that one i think it it was uh, olympia amateur italy yeah okay um yeah it was and then i competed two ta two weeks after um on the same stage on the same in the same city um but as a pro oh, wow. uh, so yeah it was olympia amateur italy yeah in november all right and so how many um 
how many times were you able to go into the overall? So just for the listeners, so they understand in the United States, we have uh, national shows where if you win first place or even first or second place in your height class, you can earn pro status. But over in Europe, uh, with the Olympia amateurs, you have to win your class and then you typically have to win the overall, either they give the pro card to one person or maybe like the top two. What were, how many of those uh, pro qualifiers did you um, have to go down for the overall pose down with the overall to uh, win that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Regarding the those pro qualifiers, because before we had um, overalls, but not the, the pro card aspect, um, in 2018, out of seven competitions, I went to the overall six times. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of uh, almost there, almost there, but not there yet. Oh wow! Um, it was such a, a fight, <laughs> a war. No kidding. Uh, I would say. <laughs> so what? What is your height class? What did you win six times? It was B. Uh, it. Uh, I mean, it was A. Sometimes B. Sometimes C. Because okay, they. On. Yeah, yeah, they depend on the number of the athletes, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won the B, uh, the B category, I would say, mm-hmm. in Italy. Uh, yeah, and they were giving um, three pro cards on that day. So it was me and two more girls. And did you win first? Did you know? How yeah. You, you won the overall. Yeah. You won first. That's amazing. Uh, and then you <laughs> turned you. around and did your pro debut. So, yeah. You were involved in, so we know that you have competed in your first Olympia and you're the youngest competitor ever to do that. Um, I wanted to kind of get your take on what it was like to uh, go for the point system um, in 2019 to earn that spot because you you all probably had the hardest road of any <laughs> competitors with that point system. So... What are your overall thoughts about qualifying for that huge honor in 2019? Well, it was such a great thing for me because going to the Olympia in my first year as a pro um, and as a Portuguese because no one um, went to the Olympia before before me because oh wow that's uh, as a woman as a woman I I would say I uh, I'm adding. As a woman, because we have only had another man going on the same year, in the same year. Wow. Um, so it was such a great thing also because uh, going by the point system was such a tough thing to deal with, you know, because we always, we had to compete many times to guarantee our our spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... We were like, okay, I'm pretty much top ten, so it I can I don't know if I can relax now a bit or if or if I have to compete more because I have to be sure that I'm going. And um it it's tough, but it's it was really good and such a good feeling. It was by far my my favorite competition because it's different from all of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's the big show. It's what it's mm. um, the ultimate thing. So, can you tell us um, what did you feel like your strategy for that year? Um, 
like you said, you probably um, you had won a couple of shows. Is that right? You were pretty high in the point system, if I remember correctly. I, I think I was in top in the top ten, maybe sixth or seventh. I would say. Okay. Yeah. So as far as that goes, how do you strategize with your diet and everything and trying to make sure that you're prepared for the Olympia, that you're giving yourself enough time? Did you just kind of have to stay stage lean for that whole calendar year? Uh, I competed, um, the last time I competed before the Olympia was uh, nine weeks before okay. the Olympia out of out. Um, so uh, I was pretty lean already because I I competed all year long uh, until the Olympia and then after the Olympia. Um, so it was okay for me because I was already reversing from show to show. Okay. Uh, so I just, after the, yeah, that's, um, that's the main thing. And it was such a wonderful prep for me because I was doing, uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, 2,300 calories. Oh my and, gosh. And one yeah, and oh, one wow. hour of car it's really good <laughs> that's really good and one hour of cardio which is super low for me <coughs> sorry um so yeah it, it was pretty good for me uh because when i uh, to the first show for the first show um in one year um <clears throat> i always have to do sorry uh, I always have to do too much cardio and cut my calories a lot. So yeah, it's a bit yeah. tough, but it was my uh, eighth, com uh, eighth, no, sixth competition uh, in 2019. So it was, or I was already reversing. So it was uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I meant to ask you, how did your pro debut go? How did you end up placing for that? Uh, in the Olympia? Uh, for your pro debut at the Kai Green. Uh, okay, yeah. No, I placed first. You placed first. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that that counted. That was <clears throat> points towards your your Olympia qualification. Yeah, eight well. points. Yeah, yeah, awesome. eight, eight points. Very cool. Well, um, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of shift gears here and just kind of get your thoughts on the if you've gotten some judges' feedback. It sounds like you know, from the very beginning, from your pro debut winning first, um, and then getting Olympia qualified in your first year as a pro, it's a huge honor, first person from your country, uh, youngest person, and then uh, you also got, uh, you did very well at the Arnold uh, this year, and that's a huge honor because you have to apply for that and get accepted. So tell us about what the judges have said throughout your pro career and how you have kind of adapted, if anything, if you've had to make changes and things, you know, once they saw you like on the Olympia stage and then maybe your most recent feedback from the Arnold, because you were so close uh, from getting in that top spot, uh, you did so well at the Arnold. So let us know if you, if you've gotten any feedback from judges and kind of what that is and how you've worked with your coach to, um, you know, constantly improve? Well, the the thing that the judges tell me the most is that I have to wait because I have to get older, you know, because of muscle maturity, muscle bellies, everything regarding 
that aspect of being not so like a baby, you know, so like a teenager and looking, it's not lo not looking like a, um, a woman, but having more maturity um, is my the main thing that they always tell me. Okay. Just to wait, you know, just to wait for my time because yeah. I have to get older just so the, um, the body can get more solid, I would say. Um, and then the other things that they used to tell me is uh, are uh, my color, which is probably the thing that I struggle the most because sometimes I'm too light, sometimes I'm too dark. Uh, comparing to the other girls um so that's that thing uh too and the fact that i have to appear fuller uh for example my feedback uh at the arnold's were that i uh, looked just as they wanted uh but just when i um, appeared at the finals uh so before i was too light at the prejudging okay. I, i was too light and i was a bit, not a bit flat, you know, but I could be fuller. So when I got off stage, I didn't have the feedback yet, but um, I had to, uh, I had another coat of 10 and then I ate uh, two or three meals more. Uh, but we are uh, always a bit afraid that my belly gets a little bit bloated because um, when I'm one day out, I consume 3,500 um, calories. Oh, wow. So it's already too much and we are uh, a bit afraid, you know, of going overboard. Uh, but yeah, I ate a bit too much, a bit too much, not, uh, but um, I ate a bit more. Um, and yeah, I, I looked fuller and uh, apparently that's what Sandy was looking for and the, the other judges too. Okay. So that's what we are kind of looking forward to to appear okay and so you say that they they mentioned that you changed from the morning to the night so would you say in your opinion that it could have been it could have gone either way um because i i know as amateurs like most people think you know once the prejudging is done then the judging is complete but i know as a pro mm -hmm. uh it's really a huge factor as to what how you come in in the night show, how much of that do you feel like is live judging for you? Um, yeah, what you said was uh, was pretty accurate because um, I think I placed eighth um, at the pre-judging and then okay. I placed seventh. So mm -hmm. it okay. changed and I changed my look uh, because of the color and because of the, the fullness Uh, so yeah, that happens. I think so. And we have the, um, the other examples such as Laura Lee. I think that last year she went from second callouts or something like that. I, I can't remember to first callouts or, mm -hmm. um, or the top six or something like that because they told me that, um, after the prejudging, uh, JM actually told me that. So I, I, could fight a little bit more and it was worth it because I think I got up <laughs> uh, one place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally worth it. So can you describe to our listeners why maybe you have the struggles with the tan? I 
I know that it can be tricky with some people's skin, the way that they absorb it. What are what are your methods that you've found give you the most consistent color that the judges like? What are some tricks that you do? I, I know for me and for some of my athletes, I recommend that they do like a base coat two days before and then do another base coat the night before. Uh, do you have any kind of strategy when it comes to tan? I know that you said you put on another coat um, in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I don't have like a specific uh, or special thing um, regarding the tan, but I like to uh, exfoliate my skin at least two times or two times. I wouldn't say more because otherwise it will be way too much exfoliated. Um, but until now, uh, who, um, who tanned me was my coach always. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of, uh, okay, we are in our room and we don't know how they are looking like the other girls. So uh, we kind of tried to go as we saw, maybe, uh, we, um, if we saw another picture, um, of another girl, a picture of another girl and she looked a bit darker than me maybe i would kind of do another coat of 10 you know it was kind of that strategy because some it depends on the lights the stage lights and uh so many factors that sometimes i uh didn't do it as well as i could uh but now i have um pro 10 with me or uh, i am with pro 10 uh okay. so now now it's it's a bit easier okay <laughs> so i was I wondering how, because i saw that look. yeah they were your sponsor right and mm -hmm. so i was wondering because usually Alyssa makes sure that they hand paint you and protean does a really good job of um, yeah they do they are sure. they mm -hmm. i always use those uh, their products um but at as it i didn't have um someone to compare the skin tone or the 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 tanning, the how heavy it was on another person, mm -hmm. you know, comparing yeah. to my skin and my my look. Yeah. Uh, so now it's kind of okay, but uh, I, I uh, if I'm not wrong, I always do like or or did um, a coat of overnight before the night before, and then I do two or three coats of the top, uh, the top coat. Yeah, the, on the the competition day. Okay. Yeah, I know that Alyssa has shared with me, um, she sponsors our our team, Glam Girl Bikini, and she has told me that they actually, based on the lighting of the stage, they um, will alter which shade or um, their method um, so that it, mm -hmm. it looks the best under that particular stage's lighting. So I'm glad that to hear that. So that means that for your future shows, they're going to be taking care of your tan, it sounds like. <laughs> so they'll be I'm able glad. to tell, you know, how you should be looking yeah. compared to the other girls and stuff. It sounds like. Anyway, exactly. is that mm -hmm. what is that what um, you mean by that you're working with them? Are they going to be yeah, yeah. doing that? Okay. Very good. So in regards to the Olympia qualification. So I'll kind of talk about that big elephant in the room here. Uh, we obviously know that we're working under very strange circumstances here across, you know, the globe. We're being affected by uh, the COVID-19 virus. So I wanted to pick your brain on your, 
what your strategy is now that I believe you you had a show in mind that you were going to start trying to get qualified for the Olympia um, and then you maybe had to change plans due to uh, the pandemic. Is that correct? Yeah, to be honest, I already changed my plans probably two or three times. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I, after the, um, the, the Arnold's, the Arnold Australia, actually, I was planning on doing uh, Thailand Pro and then a couple more so I could see if I could qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then everything started uh, getting locked down and shows uh, started being cancelled. Uh, so I just stopped um, thinking about shows and me me and my coach um, just try to keep my condition uh, at like two or three weeks out or four, something like that. So when the... Um, when we are sure that uh, that a competition will actually happen, uh, we are ready to go. Uh, but until now, I'm planning on doing Chicago Pro if I can. Okay. Uh, I already planned on doing the the Mile High Pro, the Milwaukee Pro, and they are still on. If I'm not wrong, but I don't know if uh, I can go there, like fly there, because uh, Portugal is in complete lockdown, as I said before. And we have no airplanes also. And I don't know how the situation in the United States will be by that time too. So I don't know if they will be cancelled too. Because we know that uh, the promoters want to keep the the shows on, you know. Uh, Hope is always the last one to die. Um, But we can be like hoping that uh, that show is happening because of this whole thing and um, the situation now is looking even worse uh, in the US so I don't really really know but as um, Chicago Pro is in is in July I think there will be no problem I hope yeah I I didn't know if (coughs) you can kind of share with the (coughs) listeners about how you're dealing with uh, for us you know things are you know the gyms are closed so people are having to do home workouts they're having to get pretty creative with their cardio if they don't have equipment at their house and then uh, a lot of things that are happening with us is just access to the foods Um, a lot of times you'll go to the grocery store and you know the all of the meat will be gone from the mm-hmm. store. Uh, I don't know if you have similar situations. I, we're on lockdown until at least until April 30th, we know. So what does that look like for you guys in your country? And how are you adapting with your training and your diet? And how has that affected it? Well, regarding the diet, um, everything is okay for me because we the only thing that doesn't that we don't know here uh, we don't know. We don't have here is uh, red meat, so I have to to change it to chicken because chicken is is always available, almost always available here, and I always um, have a huge stock of it <laughs> in my home, so it's it's okay. Uh, regarding the diet, we have everything. Um, just now with the Easter break and um yeah the easter break we don't have like flour or sugar so uh 
it's not my problem. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't need that anyways, right? Unfortunately, it's not my problem. <laughs> um, so it's pretty much okay. I still do everything uh, as I already, uh, as I've been doing until now. Uh, and regarding the, the workouts, I've been working out in my garage um, for three weeks. Uh, but it's it's okay for me too. I, I mean, I'm not a bodybuilder, like an open bodybuilder, so I don't need that much weight or to, to work with. Uh, so I can, I can manage things with glute bands and water jugs and small weights that I have here. And actually, I'm enjoying it because now we have time to focus on things that we don't focus when we are at the gym. Or when we can, when we have everything, we kind of neglect other things um, or another exercise that we don't feel so much. And now I'm kind of digging more into that because uh, we have to try new things and um, work with tempos, work with time under under tension, mind muscle connection, everything like that, and the small things that sometimes. I don't pay enough attention or um, the attention that I should pay. Now I'm paying. Yeah, so I agree. It's, it's, it's a it's new better. kind of sore, right? It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, you have to use <laughs> more control with the lighter mm -hmm. weights. But yeah. Yeah, and more reps. It's another mm -hmm. way of stimulating the muscle. And the fact that, is that I feel pretty fatigued or also today at in two days is my, my rest day, but today I woke up feeling like I should rest today because I'm really sore from yesterday's workout. And it's a home workout. I wasn't expecting that. And actually it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty good. What does your cardio look like right now? Do you have much? And if so, are you – What? how has that affected with lockdown? Are you able to – I have – go out on isolation walks or I don't know yes we we can okay. go out but uh, at the moment uh, the weather in Portugal is not that friendly too because oh, okay. now it's been raining all day so going outside is not the the greatest idea too in terms of cardio so I have a treadmill here because um, as I have to do fasted cardio when I have classes like uh, in my college like really in my college I have to wake up really early and do my cardio outside uh, when it's still dark and cold uh, my parents didn't allow me <laughs> so I had to buy um, a treadmill and I have it here it's okay uh, and I still stick to the plan almost the same one that I had when I was prepping for the Arnold Australia uh, which is 45 minutes of cardio in the morning and then 30 in the afternoon slash night because as now I can't move more or less, like I have nowhere to go. So I have to be a, a bit more active in terms of cardio just to keep the the, the blood flowing. <laughs> yeah, so, so I have you have online cardio. classes now that you're under quarantine? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And before we started recording, you shared with me how strict the rules are that they even check your that you actually got groceries, and it's pretty it's pretty strict on where when you go to the store 
and things like that. Yeah. Um, do you have anything more to share about that or? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, uh, now with the Easter break, uh, they canceled everything like the, the airports, they closed everything, uh, so that the, the immigrants couldn't come, you know, to celebrate, uh, the Easter. Um, and they are being a little bit more, uh, restrict in terms of circulation these days, uh, from today until the 15th. I think, uh, just because of the this break, because many oh, people come sense. back to to Portugal to celebrate, okay. and there's yeah, and there's uh, more traffic, so they are kind of trying to hold us <laughs> or make us hold our horses, you know. Yeah. Um, but then uh, regarding the the walkings outside, it's still okay, I would say. I don't know uh, these days if it's okay, uh, but we are um, always being informed that uh, we have no classes and the classes are being online, um, everything like that, and jobs are closed too. My mom is not working. Uh, I mean, it's working from home, and my dad too, my sister too. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much like that. It's it's the quarantine thing. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Totally. So in regards to you had mentioned that you are kind of dialing things down, working more on tempo and things like that. When you're training, do you have a particular um, body part or anything? I know that the judges kind of just said overall, you just need more muscle maturity. But is there a specific part of your physique that you're kind of constantly trying to um like do you have a, a trouble area that you or a lagging body part where you need to bring it up I mean for the most part I think you're very um, mm -hmm. symmetrical <laughs> you've got very bubbly uh, muscles but I didn't know if there was something about your training that's unique that um you're kind of working on right now before your next show um, I wouldn't call it uh, like a super weak part, but the, um, the my main problem, I would say, uh, are my glutes because genetically they aren't big. Uh, my my mom's glutes aren't big, nor my sister's glutes are big. So it's kind of, uh, it's not a, tr a struggle, but um, I really have to work on them. Like I've always had to work on them, so they uh, grow a little bit more. Um, but I think they are okay um, in terms of size. Um, but uh, then with my workouts, um, I think that there's nothing like super special. I try to, uh, my workouts are really high volume because I have uh, sometimes 10 exercises, five sets each one. Uh, and between 15 to 40 reps oh, each wow. set yeah they are way <laughs> too big lovely. they are <laughs> huge but it's my my coach's idea and I always worked uh, under those conditions I would say so that's probably the thing that um, is different from the other girls uh, the the high volume and the fact that I train also six times a week um that time 
like that amount of time and that amount of sets. Um, but I always did it that way since I started competing. Okay. And you mentioned, I mean, I'm super jealous of the fact that you were on stage at, at 20, I think you said you had 3,500 calories the day of the Arnold, <laughs> uh, yeah. 2,300 prepping for the Olympia. That's a hefty macro budget. Are you, you had mentioned you kind of struggled when it was specific foods like fish for breakfast and who wants to eat <laughs> fish for breakfast? I don't. Um, but it sounds like your coach kind of adapted to try to make it work. Do you mostly track macros or what does your nutrition look like? Um, is it high carb, low fat? Um, is there anything unique about your diet? Um, no, I don't do a flexible diet nor, um, I don't count, um, macros neither. So, uh, I have my meal plan, like I have, let's say 100 grams of fish, 100 grams of rice and 100 grams of beans. It's like that. Um, okay. and I just wait the food. Yeah. Um, but with, with my, my very first diet plan, I think that my coach was like testing me <laughs> and the, he already told me that it was like to see how I would handle that, uh, which I, I couldn't. Um, so then he, he adapt, uh, had adapted in a way that I had more food variety. You know, now I have oats and I have egg whites, I have peanut butter, um, and many things, red meat, casein, uh, whey, and simple carbs too, like uh, sugary carbs, uh, fruit, everything like that, I have it. But in the very first beginning, I think that he was trying to see how far I could go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so that makes sense. And um, as far as post-show, when you're following a meal plan that's just exact foods, do you ever find that you struggle post-show with that, with kind of food freedom? Or do you feel like you reverse pretty well since you have such a hefty calorie budget basically <laughs> i have i i've had both experiences because i already uh reversed um pretty well two times including this time um and i also uh rebounded too much um but i think it's more it's not so much about for me in my case it's not so much about the calorie intake that I have before stepping on stage, but more about the mentality that I have uh, before stepping on stage. You know, sometimes I just think about food and, oh, okay, I really I really want to do this recipe after I, I compete because I really want to try it uh, or I really want to make this to my parents because I really want to see how how the food tastes or... Uh, through them you know yeah. uh, and sometimes I focus too much on food even on Instagram if I'm uh, when I'm on the feed page um, and if I start looking at too many uh, food photos mm -hmm. um, it kind of starts uh, getting into my mind uh, so when I don't do that and I think that uh, food is just food and it's just there to as a fuel 
and it will always be there. I kind of have a different approach after stepping off stage. Um, and the fact this time that the fact that I was about to compete two weeks after the Arnold Classic uh, Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, I was doing the the Australia too. Um, I I I still kept uh, my diet and my cardio and everything until um, until until they told me not to catch my plane. Um, but then I had nothing to do too, and uh, being stuck at home and being fat is worse than being stuck at home and being in, on sh- in shape. Right. <laughs> so right. I think that. I, um summarizing it i think that it's um more of a in my case it's more of a mentality thing because if i think properly uh about food um i reverse perfectly uh, for me and i stick to my diet even now i have my diet i don't know if i'm competing when i'm competing uh, i have a an idea but it's not a certain idea like 100% sure um that I am competing on day X sure. um and I'm I still have my diet I still have my my cardio and my workouts and I do that and one time or one day um during the week I do my cheat meal I have my cheat meal with my family um so yeah it's pretty much mental yeah I like I like what you said because what I'm hearing from a lot of people is that this quarantine is, you know, obviously for various reasons is causing a ton of stress for people, um, you know, worry, anxiety, and um, a lot of people will react by overeating and or mm-hmm. undereating or not moving as much. And I just think that you have such a great mentality. You basically resonate with what I've been telling my athletes is just it's not if the competitions are going to happen. It's just when. So if you look at this like a lifestyle, then just keep training for your goal. It doesn't really matter what the date is. If you love doing this and this is your lifestyle, then it shouldn't matter what date, but you'll just, you'll be ready. You know, you'll be within striking distance. So you'll just, you'll be ready to, you know, bring it when that time comes. So um, I really love that. I love how you um, describe that as how it's a mentality thing. So if you were to leave us with like some of your favorite parts about competing or just like your top favorite parts of competition prep, what would those be? What has competing, how has it enhanced your life in other words? Um I mean, it's all about the process for me. <laughs> At the beginning, it's always difficult, but that thing that you uh, that uh, it has the aspect that you know that in one week or two weeks you will be totally into it and it will be a routine and it will be just amazing. And then, um, as the time goes by and you start being six weeks out, five, four, three, and you see how your body can change, change and how your pictures, check-in pictures look like comparing to the the very first one, you know, it's probably the most wonderful thing for me because it's so much dedication, so much passion that we put into this. 
that seeing the results of it um, is amazing. And then the fact that I have, like, uh, I really have to have a structure, um, like a meal plan, like a, a workout plan, or something like that, or something to do, you know, it gives me balance. And when I don't have it, when I, when my coach tells me to live a bit, because, okay, it, like in a situation where I competed and let's say I'm already qualified and I have no more shows in about 15 to 20 weeks, he tells me to just enjoy for a week, eat whatever I want, uh, go out with my friends or with my family and I can do that for like one or two days but then I start feeling like I need to have something um, structuring my life you know and my yeah. daily routine um, and it, it I can apply it to my cheat meals too because I really like food I I'm really passionate about food <laughs> but too. the thing is that I eat and then I really want to go back to my diet and I really want to be uh, the day to be the next one because I will feel better than than what I'm feeling after eating everything that I want you know um, sometimes being in a diet is okay it's boring and uh, it's everything uh, the same day after day but the thing is that I feel way better when I'm on diet mm -hmm. <laughs> than when I'm off a diet and I feel and same thing uh, with my with my body like physically uh, I feel way better when I'm dieting yeah yeah it gives you better energy for sure mm -hmm. and yeah exactly when we're cooped up inside it's just so nice to have something to focus on like a goal um, mm, I feel yeah. like when yeah when you don't have something to strive for uh, and you don't have that structure and organization I think competitors we all have kind of similar brains in that regard where we <laughs> like our structure and we're very type a personalities um, just to kind of wrap things up I wanted to get your thoughts on anything that maybe I didn't ask you a question on, but you wanted to share with our listeners, or if you have any advice for competitors, um, whether it be, you know, a first time competitor or even just somebody that's going for their pro card. Uh, it sounds like you went through a lot of obstacles. You went through several competitions where you just fell short. So I didn't know if you had any advice on people that, or just people that are at home that are kind of like, unsure when their show is going to be maybe some advice on um how to not give up and just kind of stay with it I didn't know if you could share that well the best thing that I think I have to say is do it for yourself because if you do for the other ones because someone told you that you can't do it or some situation some sort of situation like that um it won't last long so if you do it for yourself, if you do it um, because you really want that pro card or just because if you really want to step on stage to see if you like it or to know how it feels, um, you really have to do it for yourself. Uh, because if we don't do it, when we start doing it for the others or for the internet or to prove someone something, um, it kind of doesn't work, 
you know i agree so yeah yeah because many times and i have uh, already met people that started competing but then gave up because they weren't um happy doing it is that they they weren't happy through the the whole process and you just have to be happy doing what you do you know you don't have to compete to be happy you can just work out to feel better or diet to feel better or do anything else if you feel good uh, while doing it and the same thing happens with the with bodybuilding and if we you already compete and if you are not um, achieving that pro card that you really really want the same thing if you are doing it for yourself you won't give up because if we give up on ourselves uh, no one will not give up on ourselves you know if if we are we are the first person giving up everything is lost i mean right. for me yeah <laughs> so so we really have to like bodybuilding is not about it's not um, a sprint it's more like a marathon so yeah, if awesome. you yeah if you do it uh with your heart and if you do it because you have that end goal but at the same time you enjoy the whole process um it won't be so difficult i would say because i did um when i started wanting my pro card i did seven competitions back almost back to back from may to November uh yeah to November and I was always um going and not and almost winning it but it was just almost it was not winning it at all and if I did give up I wouldn't be a pro now I wouldn't uh go to the I wouldn't have gone to the Olympia nor the Arnolds nor anything and when I look back um the fact that i that i kept going that i kept fighting that i kept prepping and competing uh made me the person that i am today too uh and i know uh i think that limits are are not like so uh um i i think that limits don't really exist if we don't think about them and maybe if i gave up by that time because i wasn't winning my pro card and i was placing second in the overall i wouldn't know how far i could go uh, and how far i could push until i got my pro card yeah that's so that's so inspiring you're yeah, um, I tried I to really, explain that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that you made total sense. And that is really, really helpful. And I know that your words of wisdom throughout this whole podcast, I know that our listeners got so many good pieces of information, motivation, and I just so appreciate your time coming on to the podcast. So <laughs> if they would like to reach out and thank you, um, where can they find you? Well, the best place to find me is obviously on Instagram. So if you want to send me a message, uh, you just have to search for Biscaya Pro and it will it will appear. Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes 
Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So that they can, they can find you and reach out. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this is thank your, you. <laughs> this is your founder <laughs> and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And you can find us on Instagram at prep life podcast or at glamgirlbikini.com. If you would like to apply for the team, you can uh, find the application on glamgirlbikini.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, Beatrice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was really a good time. Yes. And I hope we can repeat it in the future. That would be wonderful. Yeah, we'll have to um, interview you when you are Miss Bikini Olympia. So. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with your years. <laughs> good luck with your prep and um, continue to keep staying positive in this quarantine. Thank Thanks you so listening. much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.